Welcome to Quotes from Quarantine. This is episode two, Pastor Bryant here. Uh, super excited to come and, and uh, spend some time with our Hope Covenant family today. It is, uh, it is the 24th of March, and uh, in our room right now, we're right now we're in the sanctuary uh, at Hope Covenant, and we actually have a couple of guests. So for our first uh, segment uh, this afternoon, we're actually going to spend a little time with a couple of special people. So Rachel's sitting across from me. Hello. Will you introduce <laughs> our two guests today? <laughs> I would love to. Um, our two guests, we like to describe them as, honestly, angels that fell from heaven. Yes. Um, but in the best That'll possible be way, because... They came to us at a time when we were in desperate need. Yes. Um, it was like Wednesday before live stream on Sunday, and our progress had been slim. Yes. Um, and so these two St. Cloud State students showed up um, after a desperate text I sent to one of them and have served us so well. So Yeah, so we were at a spot where we're like, we need to bring in some expertise. Yeah. And you were kind of going through your Rolodex. <laughs> right. Which I don't know. What? <laughs> I know, <laughs> which is a bit of a dated term. I get it. Uh, and uh, and you came across uh, uh, Mitchell, right? So Mitchell Barnhart is here. I'm here. Hello. And Mitchell actually helped with HCY yeah. last year. Yes. So, but had to had some other commitments that kind of had to take him in a different direction. Yeah, I am very involved with uh, our student TV station at St. Cloud State, and so that took away a lot of my time. Which makes him a prime candidate for the live, <laughs> for the stream, live stream situation. Setup, yeah. and, and then he bra- he yeah. uh, dragged along with him. Caleb Kopp. Hello, it's Caleb Kopp. <laughs> hey, Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Sweet. Um, so I'm a software engineering major at St. Cloud State. I also have done a lot of technology and live streaming work in general. Um, I, this is part of my passion, though it's not what I spend every day doing. I love it. And... Yeah, it's it's been really, really great to be here with you guys. And you guys are both involved in crew, right, at St. Cloud State? To varying On degrees. On and off? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so some of your skills in, had, were worked, were used in crew as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's kind of all transferring over. So, so what we wanted to do is we wanted to begin our podcast uh, today, Quotes from Quarantine, with just a, a, a little time of, of affirmation. Yes. Um, I know that as I look across the table here and I look at Rachel and and uh, and kind of realize our shared experience of stress and trying to get everything kind of off the ground last week, um, to have these two individuals literally plop into our lap with the expertise that they have. Again, I just think that what we were envisioning in terms of a live stream and what we're able to actually produce on Sunday, again, uh, is a pretty drastic. I mean, it, it really grew as the week went on. And, and I'll just say this, and then I'll, Rachel, if you wanted to say anything else on your end, that when we purchased a camera that was better than the first camera that we purchased, and it was a camera that I knew something about, but very little, and I got it out of the package, and it was literally, and I say this in the most polite way possible, ripped out of my hands, <laughs> and then begun uh. the process of getting it set up, and I didn't have to, to do that. And again, the night before, I'm studying YouTube videos and I'm I'm researching this, nervous that I don't know how to figure this out. It gets ripped out of my hands, <laughs> and is the process of getting it ready to go it was such a relief uh, to me. That's why I'm calling them angels. Yes. Yes. I was just explaining a little bit to my family because they had tuned into the live stream. Just 
how many things are going on behind the scenes and like the different programs we used and all the things and they were just in shock. Um, and so I just think that sometimes, you know, we see the final product and don't see all the work that goes behind it. And Mitchell and Caleb, they showed up with all their knowledge and just took over in the best possible way. Yep. <laughs> we needed them. So, so again, Caleb and Mitchell, thank you for uh, stepping in and helping us really uh, do some things that we're really excited about that we can continue to do this spring. Yes. Well, you are, you are very welcome. If I can just jump in and say from our side that I think I speak for both of us when I say that it has been more, it feels like it's been more of a blessing for us than for you really, because we both, um, through just the way that God's worked the story out, are pretty fluent in this kind of thing. And so it didn't feel like a huge undertaking for us. I mean, it, there were times of stress and frustration, obviously, as with any project, but but we were both just loving the opportunity to get up and to go and work in an area that is both ministry and in media that we both enjoy. And I've spent a lot of my time studying. And so just the, the marriage of everything together, the fact that you guys created a space and allowed the camera to be ripped from your hands yeah. just was <laughs> was really uh, powerful, at least for me. And I, I would bet for Caleb as well. Yeah, I think they're coming out of college. The, well, actually, starting like from the very beginning of college, I was like, I'm here to do school. Ministry is something I want to keep doing. And that's it. That's where my priorities lie. And then as I've gone from freshman to senior, it's like that is entirely flipped upside down. Like I'm going to be spending time here with y'all mm -hmm. on this team, making mm -hmm. Hope Live as best as it can be for God's glory. And that matters way more to me than any other academic performance. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't done a lick of homework. Right. <laughs> no <laughs> comment on that. Yeah, no, you guys are awesome. We just want to thank you so yeah. much. And out there who's ever listening to this, I know a ton of you, which Pastor Brian and I have been so grateful for, have sent us emails of encouragement for the live stream, which I just have received with tears in my eyes because of how crazy of a week it's been. But if you would like to pass on some words of thank you and encouragement to Mitchell and Caleb, send them to my email, rachel at hopecovenant.org, and I will send them on to our awesome Hope Live team angels uh, here yeah sweet <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna move to our next segment we're actually gonna keep these guys on for our second segment so what we've talked about with the with quotes on quarantine is that uh, this is meant to be inspiring encouraging informative but also fun and so oh, yeah, our, baby. as we talked about last week rachel has a greater ability to lead us in fun than, than i do and so uh so rachel why don't you introduce our game that we're gonna play of course and, uh, and go ahead and lead us today. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a greater ability than you to have fun. It just looks different. Um, but we are going to play a game today, and I'm, I'm going to host, and we've got three contestants. I'm a huge game guy, Kay. by the way. And the fun thing about this game is it's actually one of my favorite games. I just learned about it today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can actually play at home, too. So grab a piece of paper and a pen or just write it on your notepad on your um, phone. And what we're going to do, this game is called Fill in the Blank. Ba -da -ba -da. There's like the music behind it. So I, here's I how you play. 
I can edit in some. Uh, okay. Some yes. Music can you make you. that sound awesome. way yep. cooler I than it you. was? All right. Thank you. And how I'm gonna do? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read a fact or a question or something, and it's gonna have a blank in it, and your job is to fill in the blank. Any questions? And people can play along at home. Right. People can play along at home. That's true. They could. Sweet. All right. So let's just go around and introduce who our candidates or who our <laughs> participants are. One more time, just so they know. Uh, I am uh, Mitchell. I, I work in some television outside of Hope, and I am on the uh, the Hope Live creative tech team. Nice. That's very true. Pastor Brian, lead pastor, Hope Covenant, and ready to dominate. Wow. That's a challenge. <laughs> that is a challenge. Very uh, in character. I am uh, Caleb. Um, also part of the Hope Covenant creative tech team. And I'm just here for a good time. That's it. Brian, how do you handle disappointment? <laughs> well. Well? <laughs> All glad. right, here we go. Remember that you can play at home if you'd like. Um, one final disclaimer. I believe you should know all these answers, okay? Oh, boy. You believe we should? Mm -hmm. Because they are things every person should know. All right. All right. Here is your first blank to fill in. Number one. There will be five, by the way. Okay. okay. The blank was spread by natives around South America and eventually was brought back to Europe by Christopher Columbus in 1493 and became a status symbol in the 1700s. Repeat the question, please. Yeah, can you repeat of the question, course. please? <laughs> the blank was spread by natives around South America and eventually was brought back to Europe by Christopher Columbus in 1493 and became a status symbol in the 1700s. My favorite part of this is that you asked that question right after saying everyone should know <laughs> this. You just jumped to 15th century history. <laughs> that may right. or may not have been sarcastic. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, Dominate is ready, so I'm going to move to the next one. <laughs> um, number two, the blank on highways are about 10 feet long. Long? I will repeat that. The blank on highways are about 10 feet long. Yeah, I don't know if I know any of these. Yeah. Well... All right, moving on. That's tough. Number three, <clears throat> bubble wrap was originally designed to be used as blank. Bubble wrap was originally designed to be used as blank. Mm. They're writing. I can see it. That's what I've seen. <laughs> All right, number four, mosquitoes can smell which blank you are. Easy money. That one's an easy one. Really? You're not talking about flavors of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Okay, number five. Strawberry. When the U.S. Post Office started mailing packages, they also mailed blank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing at how... It's it's like it's like a computer generated these questions out of just random nouns and verbs <laughs> and, then, and then tossed a blank in there. Surprisingly, that was my brain there, Mitchell. <laughs> Number five, <laughs> when the U.S. Tough. Post Office started mailing packages, they also mailed blank. All right, do you have your answers? Uh, yes. Okay, we're going to kind of go through answers, but yeah. go through them, okay. and I will give you the correct answer after I hear your answers. All okay. right. So, number one, 
This was the blank was spread by natives around South America and eventually was brought back to Europe by Christopher Columbus in 1493 and became a status symbol in the 1700s. What do you think, Caleb? Smallpox. Smallpox. Good wow. guess. Way to go, uh, pandemic on us. Right. <laughs> uh, I thought a little bit, again, this was struggle. I, I said earrings. Okay. Ooh. My push towards uh, Caleb is how did it become a status symbol? Yeah. Uh, because well, because it tells you what status you're in, depending on how sick oh, you are. Oh, so a lower status symbol. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I also mm -hmm. said smallpox. Wow. You also said smallpox? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Surprisingly, this, what, this is actually... Pineapples. Pineapples. <laughs> yeah, because pineapples. pineapples, they were so unique that they showed uh, a sense of status. People took a pineapple to parties to show off, carrying it around for weeks until the pineapple started to rot. You is could even rent a pineapple for an evening. Is this why pineapple on pizza is good? No idea. That isn't good. That so if you're playing at home pizza. and you got that right, okay, congratulations. Cool. Number two, the blank on highways are about ten feet long. The lines on in the middle. In the middle. Okay. I said stripes down the middle. I said stripes down the middle as well. What color stripes? The white ones. Yellow. Yellow. Okay, so we've got two on yellow. Well, you yellow said ones. You said highway, right? They said on a highway. The yellow ones are continuous, guys. Sorry. Yes, the white ones. Though. The white ones. You stick with your answer. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like he said. Aren't there it. yellow in like a two-lane highway? That's what I thought. I'm gonna stick with yellow, but the middle ones, whatever the middle. The middle one ones are. The, yeah, uh, that's the point. The middle. It is. It says the white lines that divide the road well, on highways like are about ten that. feet long. That is very long. I, I stuck yeah. with white being the whole colorblind, way. but I'm not. But right. For that question, I'm a color. I'm Low colorblind. key, I thought <laughs> they were about two feet long. That, that's just kidding. how it feels when that's, you go real that's fast. That's actually, I have a little factoid here, if I may. Sure. Uh, the, the stripes and the distance between them on like city roads is way smaller than on highways because then you won't feel like you're going very fast. Wow. Because if they were actually the same distance and you're going 60 or 70 on the highway, you would get overwhelmed with how fast you're going. That is very interesting. Yeah, I learned that in driver's ed. Nice. Okay, number three, bubble wrap was originally designed to be used as blank. Mitchell, what'd you got? A form of insulation. Ooh, good guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one, uh, um, <laughs> is, <not laughs> is this a dominating answer, Brian? N no. Well, it could be. <laughs> uh, I have armor for soldiers or some sort of protection for, like, inside a soldier's, okay. I don't know. Okay. That was as good part, guess. Of, part of armor. I would say bedding. Ooh. Bedding. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good guess. Um, all were incorrect, Perfect. but good, awesome guesses. It was actually wallpaper. Huh. How? What? I know, you right? Just put it up on a wall. I just don't get why. Can you imagine though, <laughs> if someone accidentally like popped one and yeah. it was your wallpaper during an earthquake and your book? Like I think like you couldn't resist that. That's right. what I'm saying. It'd be like a like an ASMR. I sometimes wall. run into walls though. You know, I would be like like popping them off. That'd be a good cool little tactile wall. It little would be. thing, little thing for mm. your kids. I feel really confident about number four though. Okay. Okay. I do too. I yeah. guess I was the only one that didn't know this. Mosquitoes <laughs> can smell which blank you are. This is something everyone should. Know by the way. Right oh, now. really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what you well, watch. Told me. What happens if you all get this wrong? <laughs> is it blood type? It's blood type. It is. Type. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Easy yeah. money. I didn't even know that. Okay. Do you I know? realize that Minnesotans, this should be something that we know well because from yeah. you know May to because September, right. this yeah. is all we deal with. God okay. cursed Egypt with locusts, and he cursed Minnesota with mosquitoes. I mean, it's. it's now that I know that you're mosquito experts, <laughs> here's another question to answer. Um, they're twice as likely to bite someone who is type blank 
Ha-ha. As Extra opposed points. to type A. I actually know this one. What I is it? B. False. I have O. Oh, it's O? Yeah. I was going to I was going to say O. I, I wish. They like it. All right, here's the last I one. Know. Sad. With, and I I don't know if I believe this one, but I got it from a slightly reliable source. So here we go. <laughs> when the US Post Office started mailing packages, they also mailed blank. Mitchell? Animals. True, but not the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> I had bodies. Oh. Slightly true. Horses. They actually mailed children. Huh. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is a, oh, How no. How is my answer slightly true? <laughs> but now they've limited it to, like, certain types of animals. Certain types of children? Animals. Animals, got it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. So what were the circumstances in which they mailed You know what? Children? That's I only have that one sentence of I feel information. Like we should leave that. Um so that's I'm the glad they don't have. do that anymore though. Yeah. So well that's how you play. Okay. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. We'll see how many at home, how many people got right. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Mitchell and Caleb, for uh, joining us for a couple segments and our quotes from quarantine. Again, uh, super appreciative for the two of you and and your brilliance and these answers as well. And and uh, again, thank you for <laughs> yeah, all you your guys help are and, awesome. and helping us uh, uh, navigate these, this season that we're in uh, well. So thank you. Well, again, the pleasure is all ours. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Hope Cove, whoever's listening, <laughs> glad to meet you. Glad to meet you. <laughs> you probably have never seen me. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll love it. Yeah. yeah, we'll change that. We'll change that. Okay. We'll so get them up on the live stream. There you go. Sounds oh, good. Goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> Bad <laughs> call. Can't wear sweatpants then. Darn. Okay. Okay, See you guys. Thank you. So one of the things we thought we would do uh, in the time that we have, we have a couple segments that we still want to do in our our quotes on quarantine. But one I think was just, you know, kind of checking in with one another. And so, Rachel, just, again, the the amount of change that's that's Mm -hmm. transpired over the last week and a half, um, just on a personal level, how are you... Uh, kind of processing through all of it. How is it affecting you? We're talking about empathy, trying to understand how the other person's uh, working through these things. So just give me kind of a, a snapshot of what, what life is like for you. Yeah. Honestly, I forgot that we were doing this. So let me just think a second. Um, I'm doing surprisingly okay. Um, a lot of people from Hope know that I struggle with anxiety and have um, a lot since my teenage years. And so when a pandemic sweeps through, there's the potential for anxiety to skyrocket. And I just feel like in certain aspects of my life, the Lord, and I really think he does this, will protect my heart in a season. And I've just been so grateful because I feel like this week has been one of those. And really, because we had a lot to get done here. Um, But at the same time, I was home alone yesterday, just on my day off. And I was just thinking, I was like, people have, people have been doing this for days. Yeah. And I was just reminded of this would be really hard mm. if, if that is where, um, where my life turns into and what has to ha- what has to happen. Yeah. And so, so there, I was filled with empathy for other people. Yeah. And I think I'm just really trying to take it one day at a time. I was talking with my mom, and I was like, surprisingly. I'm usually, I struggle to think rationally about things sometimes. And I was like, surprisingly, I'm feeling very rational about this whole thing. Hmm. And we were just kind of laughing about that. But no, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, but I, I'm trying to take it one day at a time because looking too far into the future is overwhelming. So yeah. How are you doing? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this to a number of people. Um, I, I actually like crisis. Um, I like the urgency. I like the, the drive for innovation. Um, so, and I love projects. And this has been an opportunity for, uh, for me to work collaboratively uh, with a group of people and, and to dream and to overcome obstacles and to see how God's going to work. It's taken its toll. And uh, I'm really appreciative of, of Maria and the way the kids have, have kind of navigated through this. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot going on in the house. And, um, and so when I do come home, there is a bit of a transition for me to kind of move from, from pastor and, and kind of problem solver to, to dad. But yet it's also a challenge. Like, so we're, I'm teaching uh, a botany class with our kids. And so we, we built a terrarium uh, yesterday. So that was really fun with the kids. Um, we have some Venus flytraps that we planted, but also we found some where you can kind of, they're babies and you just kind of, uh, so we're doing some really cool things just to, again, to make uh, the best of the situation that we're in. So I feel like we're good. I feel like this week we're starting to catch our wind. Like this is going to be our new normal for a while. And so I feel like the kind of the the uh, the crisis side is weighed a little bit. And now it's kind of like, how do we just contain, continue to be faithful and see God move in this? Um, we're going to, there are a couple of things that we want to do now. Um, I, I entitled the next segment in our list of things that we want to do in our podcast. I call it Almost Deep Thoughts by Pastor Brian. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I recently just uh, read a book by uh, Patrick uh, Lencioni uh, called The Motive. And it's about leadership. And it's a really interesting book. And he kind of breaks down leadership into two categories. He kind of talks about two different kinds of leaders. He said one kind of leader is what he calls a reward-centered leader. And a reward-centered leader believes that being a leader is the reward of hard work. And therefore, the experience of being a leader should be pleasant and enjoyable free to choose uh, whatever they want to work on. They've arrived. They've earned this this right. He also says that the other kind of leader, then, is a responsibility-centered leader. Uh, This leader believes that being a leader is about responsibility. Therefore, they should should lead uh, understanding that what they're leading people through could be challenging at times, and the leadership is going to be challenging. So here's here's how I want to translate this. This idea of kind of I've arrived, this kind of reward center, almost like a sense of entitlement versus kind of a responsibility lens or kind of a stewardship lens. And the more I thought about it, I thought, well, yes, this applies to leadership, but I think it really also applies to humanity, to the way we live our life. And, you know, do we as humans look at the world through kind of a reward-centered lens or a responsibility-centered lens? And so, again, I, I was looking to think about this in terms of how do we, as a people now, you know, kind of wrestling with this whole kind of pandemic virus deal. Um, I think that this whole situation kind of brings this narrative to the, conver- to the, you know, to the surface. Do we approach the circumstances that we're dealing with from a place of how inconvenient this is or how it's infringed upon my rights or my current stand- standard of living? Is it an infringement on my way of life? Or do we approach uh, all that we're going through as, okay, this is the world that God has given us. This is the situation. This is the, the time and place that God has placed us in. And so what's my responsibility in the midst of that? That second option seems so much harder. It is. <laughs> like, you know, it seems like, I think 
the complaining route, um, I read somewhere in a, in a devotional or something, how, um, complaining and, um, expressing your disappointment, that's just the easy way. Mm -hmm. But the hard work of being a disciple is choosing gratitude and choosing, you know, to have joy amidst really tough circumstances. Um, and sometimes that, I don't say that lightly, um, because I think that is so challenging to do. Um, and a lot of us, I think are navigating that this week just with, you know, it came so fast yep. and just with, it was like thing after thing after thing got taken away. Um, and there's some real mourning that goes with that. But then how can we look at that in the other viewpoint of what is God, how is God at work yep. when all this is happening? You yep. know, so. And again, my argument would be, and I said this on Sunday, that the gospel is always calling us outward that it's inviting um, the work of God to move into us and then out of us for the life of the world. And so I agree, like there is that human element and I'm not, ne- I'm not negating that, that this season of life is inconvenient uh, for almost all of us. But then the question I think I continue to wrestle with is, well, then how can we be good stewards? How can we be responsible agents of the gospel to make this world a better place? What is our responsibility as Christ followers to usher in the kingdom of God in the midst of this crazy season when the kingdom of the here and the now feels so upside down? And again, so I just at the end of the day, I think the gospel is continuing to uh, to join us and to meet us in that space of like uh, the unknown and the uncomfortableness, the mourning of what we're used to, but we, we can't stay there. And and as we continue to invite the Holy Spirit to work in us, it's about adopting the stewardship, this responsibility agent of what is Christ calling me to be? How is he working in me and then through me? Yeah, I always, something that, as I was thinking about that, something that stuck out was, to me, was just my grandma and grandpa and how they talked about their house. Yeah. And they always said, this is, God owns this house, not us but um, we're taking care of it for now or whatever. And I just kind of, as a kid, I was like, ha, 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 like they really own the house. But I think there's something beautiful in that, in that, yes, God is in charge. Whatever he gives us is a gift and we're called to steward it and to, um, to work with him to make it the best it can be, knowing that it all belongs to God. Um, and that can be a hard concept to wrap our minds around, um, so I've just been reflecting on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, our, our, uh, one of our segments that we've also been developing in our course in quarantine is, uh, I'm now entitling it, uh, Stump the Pastor. <laughs> so what we've yeah. asked is, we've asked our confirmation students in this kind of weird season that we're in to, um, to give us a question, a, a faith-related question that they're wrestling with or they're thinking about that we could spend some time navigating as well uh, in, in a way to honor them, but also in a way to continue the discipleship experience and wrestling with the hard questions. And the question to, uh, today uh, is a really good one. And the question was, you know, this student granted the fact that there are people in the Bible, that they, are, they were real people, But the question they asked is, how do we know that the God that we see in the Bible actually created the world and it's not just a fantasy story? 
And again, I thought this was an excellent question. And again, my goal, as it was last week when we did this, was to be as succinct as possible because we could do an entire podcast just on this one uh, issue. So again, I just want to start for a moment, not so much actually to answer this question, not so much uh, looking at Scripture within Scripture, but I actually want to look at the world outside of Scripture for a second. See, there's a whole field of scholarship that is devoted to what is known as the intelligent design theory, which suggests that in its most basic form, that when we look at the, the world around us, we look at the intricacies of the world, the complexities of life, it naturally leads to the conclusion that there is somebody behind it. So that the design that we see in the world, you take something like a tree or you even some microorganism, that the design is too complex to be random. So in short, as believers, we look at the world around us and it confirms a number of levels, the biblical story and the way that the, way that the scripture tells us about the world and about who's behind it. But I actually want to start uh, this conversation from a second place. I think we've got to look at the, at the person of Jesus. See, what I loved in the way the question was formed to us is that it took for granted the fact that they're, the people in the Bible are not just fictional characters. And I think this is, this is good because they're clearly not fictional characters in Scripture. So let's, let's actually take Jesus, which I would suggest is the most important person on that list. Andy Stanley said something, uh, he says it all the time. He says that it, uh, if someone can predict their own death and resurrection and can pull it off, then we pretty much go with whatever he has to say about anything else. I love that. So this means that if the, the resurrection really, uh, this means that the resurrection really matters. And that the, there's legitimacy to the resurrection based on the eyewitnesses. I mean, there's credibility that now to the person of Jesus. And if Jesus is legit, which we all hold, hold to, then what he talked about is also legit. And what he talked about was the Old Testament. And what he talked about was the Genesis story. It was an assumed reality for him. So if Jesus is legit, then the things that he was reflecting on are also legit. So how do we know what's going on here? How do we know that the God that we hold to actually created things? Here's my short answer. I think it comes down to the question of what is a more likely story? Is it more likely that the world that we, we know with all its complexities, did it exist as it currently is because of some sort of cosmic accident? Or is it more likely that when we look at the sheer beauty that we see around us and the infinitely small margins that exist to sustain life, and then you combine it with things like emotions and, and then love, and it comes to, which comes into crazy focus when, when we see this Jesus character demonstrating love, then there must be an author and a voice who spoke the whole deal into existence. Again, there's way more that I could say about this, but the Bible isn't just a fantasy fairy tale. I would argue, based on things that I've already articulated here, that it's an epic story that helps us understand an epic God who at its core is fueled by love. I love it. Um, just personally speaking, seeing that Jesus talked about the Old Testament um, and just referred to it as truth was something that 
really stuck out to me, especially when I was in college um, and I was having professors say speak other things towards me around the Old Testament, and I was just trying to figure that out. So that had been always a powerful example. I hadn't heard that Andy Stanley quote before, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. The last thing we want to do in our podcast is give our congregation means to continue to thrive in their journey with Christ. And prayer is one of those really powerful vehicles to do that. But sometimes when we think about prayer, it, it tends to be something that is, maybe for some people, it's just like, well, I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to say some words, but I don't know if there's anybody on the other side. Mm. And uh, so I think that we've been blessed uh, over the years of people who have gone before us to model really powerful prayers. And one of the prayers that I just want to remind us of, or for some maybe introduce, is the prayer of examine. And the prayer of examine is a way for us to prayerfully go through our day in such a way that we're inviting um, God to draw our attention to where he was involved and where he was moving. And so I'm simply just going to kind of walk through the steps of the prayer of examine and encourage Hope Covenant this week to, to carve out five minutes a day to practice the prayer of examine. So again, five minutes. And, and I would encourage people to do the prayer of examine at the end of the day, because ultimately it's about looking back and it's about inviting God to give us eyes to what took place that day. So I'm inviting the uh, Hope Covenant to give yourself five minutes where you can be alone in a quiet place. And I, I'm going to invite you that as you begin this prayer of examine, that you begin by inviting God to quiet your heart and to still the loud voices that are very present in our daily life. So just begin by saying, all right, just carve out like 30 seconds to a minute of just like, just silence and inviting God to calm your heart. The next exercise, it's like watching a film, but the thing that's on the film is your life. It's your day. And I'm encouraging Hope Covenant to start at the beginning of their day and just walk their day through and again, to even to focus on small things that may have transpired over the course of things that maybe we wouldn't pay attention to. And what you're doing when you're, you're walking through the day is you're inviting God to point out times when he was involved, times that he was present that maybe we missed because we were moving forward during the day. We were, we were living in the present. We were trying to, to address whatever crisis was going on. And we missed those moments when God was actually involved there. But that as you're going through the, the day and as you're inviting God to draw your attention to where he was involved, you also are developing a posture of gratitude. And so you're asking the question, Heavenly Father, thank you for your moment of, of your provision, your moment of reminding me that you're in control, that moment of when you put that person in my day that was there to brighten my day. The other element in that is that you're paying attention to your emotions. So as you go through the day, were there moments when you were overly anxious, that you were scared, that you were driven by fear, that you made a decision that was based in fear? Take those spaces, take those emotions, and give those over to Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, will you continue to work in, in that situation when I become fearful, when I become stressed? And then finally, it's an anticipation for tomorrow. As I close this day, as I am reminded of your presence, 
Heavenly Father, prepare me for all you have in store for us tomorrow. And may I be even more aware of your presence in that day, in that space. I'm really excited to try this. I've never heard about it before. But I think sometimes it can be so hard in the moment, like like you're saying, to realize that God is present in there. I think I'm going to have to journal this just to have a record of it. Is that an is that a something I can do? I think that journaling becomes uh, a way for us to track, yeah, and to really pay attention over the course of a larger period of time uh, what God has done. I know journaling ha- journaling has never been really easy for me, but even through this season, I've I've recognized that it needs to become more of a sustainable habit for me. I wanted to close our quotes from quarantine, uh, Rachel, just by um, kind of looking at some logistical things coming up just so that Hope Covenant stays informed. Uh, yesterday we did a Stories of Hope with Coleman Henry, and that went live on, on Monday afternoon, and that was such a gift to spend some time with him. And Yeah, it's really cool. Listen to it. Encourage our congregation to continue to memorize scripture. I have loved, we've loved seeing the creativity of the way people have put those pieces of scripture to, <laughs> to music. They don't have to put it to music, but it's just been beautiful to see that. I've loved it. Yes. Just the creativity is astounding. And then the last thing I want to covenant to know is that we are creating a, or launching a, a, a care initiative uh, that's built around care packages for our neighbors. And so what we've done is we've uh, begun to purchase some essential supplies and some, uh, but some you know kind of fun snacks and some some games and cards, Starbucks, Starbucks, um, coffee, those kind of things. And we're making these little care packages, and we're thinking about our immediate neighborhood around Hope Covenant, but also we want to make these available for Hope Covenant folks to go and to care well for their neighbors. And so we also have these little cards that, are, you know, the nobles are making, the Zahaskis and the Wheelanders, these cute little cards made by our kids, um, just to let our neighbors know that we care. And uh, so we'll be saying more about it on Thursday and uh, making them available then on this weekend, especially around our Hope Live. Um, so just, again, just be uh, kind of paying attention to that as we continue to launch this initiative to let our, our community, our neighbors know uh, that we truly care. Yeah, just to see who God is putting on your or your family's heart. Um, and I think it's even more than what is in the little gift. It's the thought. I think that will ultimately really count. So I'm excited to see just how, if we get a glimpse into how they bless people's lives and just help them feel cared for yeah. in a time where it's very easy easy to be isolated yeah. completely. So. Well, this is our second episode, Rachel, of Quotes in Quarantine. It's going to go live this afternoon. This is Tuesday. And again, Hope Covenant, know that we uh, care deeply for all of you. We are praying for you. And uh, please let us know if there are ways that we can meet uh, real needs, uh, uh, you know, that include prayer and uh, things that may be coming up pragmatically in their lives. So Hope Covenant, we love you. And we'll be uh, connecting with you soon. Our next podcast will be Thursday. We'll be sending daily emails as well. We'll see you soon. See you soon.